Welcome back to another episode of the Hecklers and Hot Takes podcast. This is your host, Brian Clinton. I'm here with Colton Rector and new weekly guest, Joey Helmers, with us. How are you guys doing today? Doing well, man. Good. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Ready for some uh, for some football, another another week of craziness. Can we get some more upsets like uh, App State <laughs> over, the, over the Aggies this week? I we can't will do see. Two seasons of this crazy stuff in a row. I need, I need <laughs> one normal football season in between the crazy. I don't Maybe think there's surviving a little bit so far, as far as my picks are concerned. So, I'm not too unhappy with it, at least. Well, first and foremost, let's jump in. Uh, news today: Georgia and Tennessee postponed their home and home series with Oklahoma. Georgia was set to play the Sooners in 2023. Tennessee was set to play the Sooners in Knoxville in 24. Uh, some speculation that that could be something tied to the Sooners and Texas leaving early for the Big 12, but uh, CBS Dennis Dodd says that that is not the case. It's strictly for the fact that they are trying to keep a competitive balance with Oklahoma heading to the SEC in the near future. What do you guys think about that? Joey first. Yeah, it's to me the tea leaves continue to add up as far as what's going on here for Oklahoma and Texas and I'm on record for this a number of places saying that I thought Oklahoma would be in the SEC in 2023. And it seems like a lot of people still disagree with that sentiment. But uh, the more these kinds of things keep happening, the more I feel more and more confident about this. The battle for Atlantis that you guys remember in August when that was announced that Texas Tech was filling in for Oklahoma mm-hmm. and that uh, but a year from this fall. So, that's another um, instance of something that uh, kind of indicates Oklahoma, Texas, SEC, and that I feel like um, a lot of people are saying, well, what, what's the deal with Alabama and Texas? Well, the timeline of that series is not the same as this with Oklahoma, Georgia, and Tennessee. So it's kind of an apples to oranges comparison. Yeah, this right. is interesting news, and uh, to me, I think um, it – kind of leans Oklahoma going down that path and at the very least by 2024. Colton? Yeah, I, I've i gotten to the point now where I'm done trying to speculate as to when it's actually going to happen. Given this news today, I do think it is going to happen in the 2023 or 2024 season. I don't think it will be any farther past that. But I also was at the camp that I didn't think Scott Frost would get fired until after his buyout was cut in half, and they proved me wrong there. So, again, I'm kind of done speculating on when this is going to happen. As soon as I see the University of Oklahoma and the University of Texas say, hey, we're going to be in the SEC next season, then that's when I'll believe uh, whatever it is that I'm reading. But I do think it'll happen within one of the next two seasons, um, with with it being no later than 2024. I do not think we'll have to wait till the 2025 season to, to be there. Yeah, and kind of piggybacking off of this, I I think that the fact that the college football playoff is being pushed so hard to to begin in 2024, kind of again the tea leaves, as Joey said, it, it's it kind of sets up for for some more movement and quicker movement for Oklahoma and Texas there. So speaking of the Big 12, let's jump into some Big 12 action this week. Uh, we've got a few games with no lines. Uh, a couple of FCS teams involved. Uh, currently, number 17, Baylor, uh, is set to host Texas State this week, as is West Virginia hosting Townsend. Uh, no lines on those games, as I see here. 
we have Ohio at Ohio or at Iowa State rather. Iowa State eighteen point favorite there over the Bobcats. Kind of an interesting game uh, to keep up with there. Kansas State hosts Tulane. That is a fourteen point game. Any thoughts on that one? No, I'll go ahead and uh, <laughs> stick on the Wildcats train, guys, because yeah. I have been man, I, I I'm showing my um, Kansas roots so far this season. I, I picked Kansas to not only cover but win that game at West Virginia, and came out smelling like roses. And <laughs> I have been all over Kansas State since the preseason. I had them third in my uh, poll, and um, I'm just going to go ahead and stick on them to cover this weekend against Tulane at home. And um, it's interesting because we were kind of making travel plans um, last week and we, we figured those out, Brian, we figured them out. We figured them out. It's going to be a fun trip, but um, there for a minute, I was like, well, where can I stay in between? So I I don't have to pay a just unreal amount of money in Lincoln. And I was looking in uh, Manhattan actually, which is, uh, like two and a half, three hour drive away, and then I saw they were playing Tulane, so I was like, "Well, that doesn't work." So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going. I'm going with the Cats this weekend, guys. Yeah, I like the Cats too in that one. Uh, Kansas State's been very impressive this this far, and next week uh, got the Sooners in Norman, so it should be an interesting one there. Uh, Kansas at Houston. Houston's a nine point favorite in that game. I don't want to show my hand too early, but uh, I really like what Kansas has done to this point so far. Um, really like what Lance Leipold's doing there. And uh, Kansas is capable of winning some football games this year. I don't know. You know, I'm kind of out. The jury's out on whether or not they're ready for bowl season, but they sure are pushing early in the season. 2-0 and is a great start for them. So uh, we've got Arkansas Pine Bluff headed to Oklahoma State. There is no line on that one. That one's probably going to be pretty lopsided. One of my favorite games of the week, Texas Tech, heads to number 16, NC State. The Wolfpack are currently 10-point favorites in that one. Any thoughts on that one, Colton? Yeah, I think it's going to be a a good game maybe early, um, but maybe after halftime I think NC State's going to start to pull away with it a little bit. I think they've got the more experience, more veteran team there, Um, whereas I think Texas Tech's still kind of a little green with with their coaching staff and players. I think that uh, that home home environment I think is going to be a big help for them over there, um, but yeah, I think it's going to be almost almost in a way kind of like the OU Kent State game last weekend. I think it's going to be kind of close in the first half, but then I think adjustments made at halftime are proving uh, who's the better team there in the end. Joey, anything there? Yeah, I'm back and forth on this game. I, I think Colton makes some really good points about. Texas Tech staff being green and um, it's I, I really though like uh, Texas Tech staff I think Joey McGuire is a fantastic fit there for uh, those guys and um, it was impressive uh, seeing what they did last weekend so um, I'm kind of leaning Tech um, I know we're going to get into some of that later but um, I do like NC State to win, but um, I, I like some of what the foundation is so far for Texas Tech. Yeah, I do like what uh, Joey McGuire's doing there. It seems like he is not only is he recruiting West Texas well, but he's kind of got them playing well on the field here early. So good stuff going on in Lubbock. UTSA 
heads to number 21, Texas. Texas Longhorns are currently 12.5-point favorites. A couple notes on this game. It's sounding like the Longhorns are going to be without not only Quinn Ewers for this game, but potentially Hudson Card, who is being treated with uh, treated for a high ankle sprain. He is going to try and give it a go in practice on Thursday, but uh, no, you know, kind of trying to figure out what's going on there. If he can't go, they will have to start 2020 uh, recruit uh, Charles Wright here is what I'm seeing. He hasn't played a game for Texas to this point in his career yet. So interesting notes there. They also could be without running back Bijan Robinson and defensive back Deshaun Jamison in that game. So Alabama beat him up pretty good last week in a close game. One to definitely watch for there if uh, if you're a Big 12 fan. <clears throat> Alabama then, was clearly wearing their brass knuckles last week. Yeah, Good clearly. Yeah. yeah, well, it looked like Will Anderson was about as many personal fouls as he had. Gosh, they were an undisciplined football team last week. Yes, how, they how were. How many times have we seen that out of Alabama? That was uh, not really many. unusual. Yeah, Fif- 15 penalties, is that what it was? 15 penalties, 100 yards? Fif- 15 or 16 for 100 yards, yeah. That's crazy. That's incredible, yeah. All right, and number six, Oklahoma is a 10.5-point favorite on the road at Nebraska. Once one of the greatest rivalries in this sport. Uh, now we're having to watch it on a every 10 years basis or so. I believe we have them scheduled again. Uh, I believe Oklahoma has them scheduled again in uh, 2030, I believe, 2031. Uh, but the first time up to Lincoln since 2009, if I remember correctly, and uh, – Big game for the Sooners, big game for the Scott Frostless Cornhuskers there. So we'll dive into that one here in just a bit, a little more in depth. But first, let's get to games around the country. BYU heads to Oregon. Oregon's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. What did you guys think of BYU last week? Very physical team, flying around the field like madmen. Them and Baylor both. And uh, I had Baylor picked to win that game close, but it was, again, a battle of two very physical teams. Um, it is going to be I, – I don't think it's going to be a very close game with Oregon personally, but um, I'm, I'm a little biased after what I saw Georgia do to them. I don't think BYU and Georgia <laughs> are necessarily on the same page, but I do think BYU is a better team and a more physical team. And like I just said, we've seen what a physical team will do to Oregon so, so far. So um, I've got the Cougs in that one. Joey? Hey, I've got to give uh, props to our <laughs> over at 24-7, our national uh, basketball writer. He's covered a number of uh, – for a number of years, he's done football as well for us. But Kevin Flaherty, um, we kind of bounce ideas off each other quite a bit. And uh, before the season, he circled this game and told me that BYU was going to be Baylor. And – I looked at both teams, and I could find nothing to where I disagreed. So I went with BYU, and um, he ended up being right on that. Uh, I was impressed. I certainly was. I thought that was an interesting game, though, guys. I know it was really late, and Brian, (laughs) we were texting back and forth (laughs) at the end of that game and um, just missed field goals and two missed field goals in that first overtime. It was a sloppy mess at the end, but – BYU ended up pulling it out, and uh, I, I agree with Colton. Uh, I think BYU takes this one um, in Eugene this weekend. I, I really like them as that pick, and I'm not willing to lock it, but I'm. Well, we're going to do that later on here. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, BYU in that game. 
Yeah, I, I like I, I like the Cougars there. And something, just a side note for them, their student section impressed the hell out of me last week. There was not, like Colton and I kind of discussed this on the last podcast, there was there were no commercial breaks for the 4K uh, version of this game. And so there, you, you got to see Which what I was, was going okay on. With. Yeah, you got to see what was going on during the television breaks. They didn't slow down during television breaks. I mean, they were constantly going. I mean, there was unlimited energy up there in Provo. So it was awesome and really excited for them to join the Big 12 and see what they can do in the league. So uh, we've got number 20, Ole Miss, headed to Georgia Tech to take on the Ramblin' Wreck. Ole Miss is currently a 16-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Uh, see if the lane train can keep rolling there. Number 22, Penn State, three-point favorite at Auburn in Jordan O'Hare. Really interesting line there. Um, I, I like what uh, I like what Auburn does at home, but this could be a tricky one for them. What do you guys think, Joey? First, I think it's too many. It, I'm going to be picking these road teams this week. I think <laughs> <laughs> I have got Penn State in this football game, uh, so that makes makes us two for two on those. I guess mm-hmm. BYU and now Penn State. Uh, just like what I've seen so far from them. So I think this game is that, you know, there's so many throughout the year where you can look and match up these teams and uh, see the matchups, the one-on-ones. And then there's also the ones where you look at that and and you have a feel. And to me, this is a feel game. I like Penn State on the road. I think they go and get it done. Yeah, I agree with Joey. I think, uh, I'm, this whole road team thing is going to end up being the MO of this podcast today. But um, I like Penn State here. I think they're the better team. I think they're the more experienced team. Um, I do like Auburn without Bo Nix, but um, I, I think that Penn State's going to come in, you know, with that that standard strong running, strong offensive line, physical Big Ten football team. Um, and I think that they're going to really kind of run the ball down Auburn's throat. And I don't think it's going to be – a whole lot of trouble, but I do think that um, Auburn's offense helps keep them in the game a little bit as well. Uh, but yeah, I've got I've got Penn State with the win in uh, in Auburn. If nothing else, tune in for this game just to see Tank Bixby run the football against a good defense. Yeah, he is, he's special. Like that guy's going to be really good at the next level. Somebody to look out for if you're a if you're a draft guy for dynasty purposes. There, uh, number thirteen, Miami headed to number twenty three. Texas A&M, two teams potentially going in different directions here. Uh, the home team is favored in this one, minus five and a half. Uh, we'll jump into that one a little bit more here in just a bit. And then a game not on our list, but something to bring up here. Fresno State at USC. USC is a 12-point favorite in that game. I know how we all feel about the Trojans after you know the last 12 months, but uh, what do we think about in that game? We, we, had a, we have an over-under of 74. Do they hit the over in that? maybe (laughs) well i mean it's it's hard to say because they usc can put up points so fast and i i honestly i haven't watched fresno state at all yet this year um i know that they've won a couple maybe but i don't know what their offense is like i know what alex grinch's defense is like so if they can put up points then yeah I, i think the over could easily be hit but um, you could also almost argue that USC could get that by themselves in some instances, depending mm-hmm. on who they're playing um, and doing it quickly. So 
I would I'll like take- to say yes, just because it's so high, but that's that's a big number to, to bet the over on. I'll take the over in that game. I, I think that this is a trend. I think you can kind of ride it like you used to in, in, uh, with Oklahoma in, in the years past. Over hits a lot, and I think that that's probably going to be the case out there in the West uh, with Lincoln Riley in charge. So definitely one to watch if you're a, if you're an over-under better there. Uh, we've got Georgia at South Carolina. Georgia is a 24-and-a-half point favorite in that game. They will be playing sand, uh, is it sand, uh, Sandstorm. Is that right? Is that what it's called? I think that is right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They'll be playing Sandstorm there. I don't know if it'll be enough to get the crowd uh, involved in this one. Georgia's a pretty damn good football team. So that one's one to watch. And then Michigan State, the number 11 ranked Michigan State Spartans are headed to Washington. Game. Yeah, minus three and a half. Washington, the Huskies are favored in that one. Kind of, kind of odd there. I looked and I, I, I actually kind of had to do a little bit of a double take when I saw the line on that game. And you know, I, I will say, um, <laughs> Ryan, this was another game I think we were texting during because uh, when Washington played Kent State, who Oklahoma played obviously last week. Um, they were playing them late at night the, the first weekend, and mm-hmm. I, I was I was pretty impressed with Washington in that game. I, I thought we saw the slippery nature of uh, Kent State's quarterback, and, and I thought they handled him uh, for the most part pretty well. And I, I think that was a forty-five to twenty final that night, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I came away thinking, hey, you know, Washington might not be that bad for a team that only won. Uh, like three games last year. So the interesting line, but I guess some of that figures into it. But, uh, yeah, we'll do our picks on that a little bit later, um, I suppose. But yep. that, that, to me, was what really stood out was the three-and-a-half-point spread there. I like Michael Penix there. I think that he really fits fits well. I think that, uh, you know, obviously at Washington they're going to try and run the ball as well as they can, but he but he's been efficient thus far, and that's how he, whenever he was healthy at Indiana, he was dangerous. So he was really, really good there. I yeah, I really like Washington uh, just as far as the Pac-12 goes. So let's let's jump into a Sooners forecast here real quick. Let's let's dive into this Oklahoma Nebraska game. Uh, a lot of fans uh, in the Crimson and Cream have been concerned about the offensive line after the last couple of weeks. We do get Wanye Morris back for the Sooners this week. So we should have a little bit of shuffling going on. Maybe have Tyler Guyton uh, out of the out of the lineup there. Potentially see what that does for the Sooners. But uh, how do you guys feel about the offensive line going into this game? We'll go uh, Colton first. Um, I like the offensive line. I think I think we are more fundamentally sound, which is which is odd to say given the number of false starts that we've had through the first two games. But I I feel like we know our assignments. We know what we're supposed to be doing this year uh, compared to last year. Um, and I, I think it's going to be one of those things now where it just, they've got to learn to play together. They've got to learn to communicate and it's going to, they're, they're having to still learn how to be one big cohesive unit. Um, I think the leadership from, um, from Andrew Rame is, is playing a part in it. He's obviously still very young at that position. Um, and I think once he really starts getting a foothold to that, that spot, I think that's going to play a big role in it as well. But I do like our offensive line. Uh, they just they need they need to start communicating and working together. Yeah, I I think that's it, I, I'm really glad you bring up Wanya Morris because um, I had to 
chance to go on a, a Lincoln station this afternoon and had talked about the offensive line. And I don't think maybe brought him enough, brought him up enough as I needed to. Um, Oklahoma's, this is a unit to me that I think is going to get better as the season goes on. I think they're going to gel. They're going to figure things out. And Wanya Morris is a part of that this weekend. I think he's a tremendous boost uh, there. And um, I, it also needs to be said that all of the issues that Oklahoma has had have not been because of the offensive line. I think there's uh, been a couple sacks or uh, situations where the pocket has broken down in a play, you know, hasn't really worked out in Oklahoma's favor uh, because maybe Dylan Gabriel hasn't gotten rid of the ball fast enough. So um, it's, it's the entire unit as a whole. It's not just the offensive line. And uh, I think Colton really kind of alluded to that there with what he said. Uh, Something just kind of off the cuff here. Who are we expecting running back one to be this week? I really like what I saw out of Marcus major last week. He had some things that, that had me seeing some greats of the past just in moments. But obviously Eric Gray offers you a bunch in the passing game, and he clearly has been the guy thus far through through fall camp and through the first two games. He's been described as a professional several, several times by offensive coordinator Jeff Levy there. So uh, are we expecting to see a little bit more from Marcus this week, or do we think Gray is, is your RB1 still? He's certainly given you enough to <laughs> – to, to start to trust him. I mean, he's a powerful uh, physical runner, Marcus Pager is. And and I felt really good about this running back group coming into the season with Eric Gray leading the charge there. And um, I just feel that much better about it, seeing what he's been able to do, what Major has been able to do. So I, I like the young guys and Javante Barnes and, and Gavin Sawcheck mm-hmm. and I mean, it's it's a really good room, but yeah, you, you feel like Marcus Major can handle more of that load now that he's called upon based on what we've seen. And maybe it's not fair to call it running back one, running back two. Maybe we should say RB1A and RB1B at this point. Uh, that's probably what I would come to expect from this point on. Uh, Scott Frost is out, and Mickey Joseph is in uh, as the interim head coach for the Cornhuskers. I have heard this several times from several different places. You know, teams galvanize whenever their head coach is is fired and, they, and they're under a new interim guy that really gets them fired up. But does that matter with just a week of preparation uh, to get ready for the Sooners? Are the Huskers good enough for that to become something where you see them potentially go and win this game in an upset? I think they easily could could surprise Oklahoma, um, and and if Oklahoma's not prepared, I think that yeah, I think Nebraska could come out and upset Oklahoma, hundred percent. I think it's also going to depend on as as I've heard it said today in the last couple of days is what kind of animal is Nebraska going to be with um, Scott Frost being out? You know, are they going to be scared? Are they or you know back against the wall and their only choice is to attack to get out of danger? Or are they going to be, you know, the cower in the corner, you know, the, the scared animal that's just that's going to lay down and just wait and see what happens? Um, I, I don't know how Nebraska's players felt about Scott Frost. I don't know if they're 
you know, pissed off at this point that they feel like it's their fault that he was, you know, let go. Or if they're like, you know, good riddance, we love this Mickey Joseph guy. He's, he's a dude and we're going to play lights out for him. Uh, whereas we weren't for Scott Frost. I think it's just, I don't know the answer to that. Um, and it's all just going to depend on, you know, again, what animal comes out of the gate. Joey. Yeah. I mean, I, completely echo those sentiments i don't think it could be any uh, said any better really honestly i think this is going to be an inspired football team this is a rivalry game i I just you can kind of throw it out a little bit but i say that maybe you can't throw it out because uh the the motivation the kids are gonna they they've got something to prove right they they Mm -hmm. feel like uh, they're a part of the reason obviously that Scott Frost has been let go and so um, I expect Nebraska to be fully ready and uh, by the way speaking with Oklahoma's players and coaches this week uh, that's what they're expecting too uh, they think this is going to be a motivated football team and uh, they're going to have to earn every inch in what used to be a, a great great rivalry that's been really refreshing to hear uh, from Brent Venables I think at times during the previous regime we saw situations where maybe things weren't appreciated uh, for the greatness that Oklahoma is. And Brent Venables clearly uh, appreciates every second of it. So the flip side of that coin, I expect Oklahoma to be completely ready and um, ready for that punch that Nebraska is going to bring them this weekend in Lincoln. And this, this rivalry has been known for over the years for just amazing defenses back and forth um, over just the decades. We saw, you know, obviously the eighties uh, Oklahoma owned the eighties and Nebraska owned the nineties in this rivalry. And, and you really saw, uh, you know, Oklahoma start to take that back under Bob Stoops. So should be really exciting to get up to, up to Lincoln and, and, and see this for ourselves. Uh, first time, for all of us to see a football game in Memorial Stadium should be over 90,000 packed in there. It should be loud, lots of red. Uh, will be an awesome atmosphere. Kind of what are you guys expecting atmosphere wise? Just uh, what do you have in your mind? I do, I do want to start off by saying I'm extremely disappointed of the helium shortage that we're not going to get to see the red balloons. That I hate that. I just, it, grinds my gears but otherwise get the full experience yeah expectations of the uh, atmosphere colton um i i mean we're talking about a team and a fan base here that has sold out their stadium since what 1963 or something like that isn't that the stat (laughs) every game so they knowing that they weren't I, i think they came into norman last year fully expecting a blowout not in their favor and they still showed up in droves they showed up in Ireland in droves, not knowing what their team was going to look like this year. I fully expect, like you said, 90-plus thousand strong, and I expect them to be just as loud and just as rowdy as they would be if Scott Frost was 27-0 and as a head coach. Um, I think they're going to be more rowdy given that Scott Frost is not the head coach, <laughs> and they are excited for the future of their team again. So I, I think we're going to be in a very hostile environment. Um, and I think we're we're definitely going to have to focus on not being comfortable, not hearing the players. I mean, not well, us too, but mainly the players. <laughs> definitely us. Too. And uh, you, you guys want to hear a, a couple of stories that I've got? Because absolutely, yeah, bring them on. Well, let's just tell the stories for the masses. So, 
the, the, this game for me, uh, first off, I'll, I'll say uh, to you guys' point about uh, last year's game and, and kind of tying that in to um, this year. Everyone did expect that, that Oklahoma would roll in that game last year. And uh, I remember afterwards talking to some Nebraska fans. Uh, it was a group of college kids that had come down for the game. And, and I said, look, you guys are a little bit younger than I am, but this is Oklahoma and Nebraska. This is what this series is. Throw everything out. This game could be close. It, it doesn't matter how one team's season is going, how the other – you guys are going to go win in East Lansing next week, by the way, against Michigan State. And if you guys remember right, they were all in line to win that game until they didn't. So yeah. uh, just another one of those Scott Frost close games. And the other thing is, you know, the other story personally that I have is I have regretted for 13 years. You mentioned that none of us have been to a game at Memorial Stadium. Well, my senior year of college was in 2009, 2010, the last time that Oklahoma played there. And I had a test that next Monday. Ryan's laughing because I told him the story the other day <laughs> off camera, but I have regretted it ever since that. I decided to go with the test instead of the game. And so I'm selfishly <laughs> excited. This, guys, this is a big game this weekend, and uh, I'm, I'm pumped for this one. It should be fun. I'm really excited about it. Really excited to see. I, I've heard that they are the nicest hostile fans that there are. Uh, I'm really excited to kind of see what that looks like. Um, last thing on the game, Casey Thompson. We saw what he did against the Sooners last year in a Texas uniform. Absolutely lit up the secondary. I believe he threw for five touchdowns in that game. Was extremely impressive there. Now he's wearing big red. He's got the N on the side of his helmet. And, you know, all things considered, he hasn't played bad this year himself. Uh, The offense has scored points whenever they needed to. The defense has been the concern there. They are 100 and. 15th in rushing defense and 113th in passing defense. So Casey Thompson has kind of had to carry this team on his shoulders to this point. Uh, What do you guys expect from him? Is he going to ball out like he did against Texas last year? I think personally that Casey Thompson is a great quarterback. And just going off the two games that I've seen, like you said, he's played great ball himself. But whenever – people he's throwing to are not catching the ball. And then, you know, <laughs> you know, you go a three and out because you have dropped balls or what have you. And then your defense is right back off the field and however many plays, because they can't stop the opposing offense. He doesn't have enough time to get with his receivers or get with his OC and position coaches and whoever to figure out what's going wrong. What can we fix? How can we make this better? Because they got to get right back out on the field again. And they don't have they don't have an answer. So I don't put this on Casey Thompson at all. I put this on a lack of lack of stickum on their gloves, I guess. And um, and you know, again, like you said, a lack of defense. There's no complimentary football there. Right. So I, I to answer your question, I think Casey Thompson, if his receivers catch the ball and if they can get open, I think that's dangerous. Um, but just going off the track record so far, I'm not super worried about. Joey? Yeah, I mean, got to keep the guy in check, got to keep his legs in check because um, this is like some of the 
many quarterbacks we've seen, a guy that can beat you both with his arms and his legs. So, um, yeah, I again, uh, Nebraska is pl- plenty potent um, yeah. with with Thompson at the helm, and um, like you mentioned, it's you, you know when you talk about Oklahoma's offense, they want to play really fast, right? But you got to get that first first down to play fast. It's a similar deal. Uh, I mean, if Nebraska's receivers are dropping a couple of passes and you don't get that first down, you can't get your offense going. So um, that, that, that's the goal, uh, obviously, for Oklahoma is to make that be the case for uh, Casey Thompson and a uh, company. So we'll, we'll see. Um, Oklahoma, this is another uh, task that they're going to have to be really on their, their game here to, to keep him in check. I agree. I really like uh, like the fact that, that Brent Venables kind of discussed. He, he tried to bring Casey Thompson in and really wanted him there in Norman, so that should tell you the not only the kind of football player he is, but the character that he has, and, and uh, really excited to see him go up against Brent Venables' defense uh, this week up in Lincoln. Let's do some picks. Spread on picks are – are here we are switching it up a little bit instead of taking straight up picks from here on out the rest of the season we will pick against the spread and uh, obviously we're increasing the difficulty as if we were good at this in the first place like we needed to do that but uh, we we will go ahead and start with Colton here Texas Tech at NC State NC State is negative is minus 10 there they are 10 point favorite who do you got Oh man, I think I'm gonna take uh, NC State to cover. I think they're gonna. I think NC State's gonna take the points. Joey, yeah, I uh, I have gone really back and forth on this game, but um, I, I like NC State to win, and I think Joey McGuire's club's gonna keep this game close enough. I, I like Tech on the spread line. Yeah, I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the same thing. I'm gonna say to NC State. Uh, gets the win here, but it's close. As Lee Corso would say, real close. I think this one's going to end up being probably a three, three to five point game. I like NC State to win straight up, but Tech covers. Uh, Georgia, 24 and a half point favorite on the road at South Carolina. Uh, Joey, who do you got in this one? Let's go, Spencer. Uh, I need I need Spencer to hit Stog. I need this to, to go my way. I've got South Carolina. Um, keeping keeping it close enough to uh, win us some money, as you'd say, and be on the right <laughs> side of that line. Georgia Georgia wins it. Colton, since we're since we're talking about Lee Corso, I'm going to say not so fast, my friend. <laughs> I think Spencer Rattler's gonna gonna crumble under this Georgia defense. He's going to throw a couple picks. It's probably going to get taken back to the house. I think Georgia wins and covers. Oh, man, I've gone back and forth on this one. 24 and a half is a lot for an SEC game, um, but it does involve Georgia, and I I think Georgia is head and shoulders above anybody, including Alabama at this point in the season. So uh, I will take Georgia to win and to cover as well. Um, let's go <clears throat> Michigan State at Washington. As we discussed earlier, Washington a three-and-a-half point favorite as the home team here. Uh, Colton, who do you got in this one? I've got uh, I've got Michigan State outright winning the game outright. Short, sweet, Smart. to the point. Yep. Sparty, Sparty. 
That that's, what I, that's what I've got as well. We've got three green across the board, which probably means purple's going to win that one. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Kansas at Houston. Houston, a nine-point favorite in this game. Uh, Kansas started 2-0 and for the first time since 2011. Joey, who do you think? Man, I'm going to speak some crazy stuff here for a second. Rock talk. Because it's a podcast and I can't, right? Hey, hecklers and hot takes. So let's go ahead and make some hot takes right here, right? Right, let's do it. I I mentioned I had Kansas winning last week, and they made me look really smart. And I don't have them winning this week, but I do have them covering against Houston. But if they are to win this game, let me list you guys their next three games. And by the way, that would hit the over for them on the season total if they win this weekend. Um, but say they win, then you got Duke next week. You got Iowa State after that and TCU the week after that. Those are three winnable games if you consider what Kansas has done so far. It's not going to happen. But the next game would be game seven. That'd be when they come to Norman. So. That would be some crazy stuff if they came in with four or so wins. But, yeah, they'll cover this weekend. Can you imagine Kansas being bowl eligible by week six? Six games into the season, I don't even know what I would say. Hey, I, it really is 2008 or whatever yes, again. Yes. Seven. <laughs> That's awesome. I, You know, I, I'm going to go a step further, and I, I believe that I – I picked this earlier uh, today uh, over on Heartland College Sports. I I picked Kansas to win this game straight Good up. Pick. I I really like what Lance Leipold has done up in Lawrence, and I think that uh, they can take advantage of some things that Houston does defensively. Kansas, if you don't know, leads the country in points per game at fifty five and a half points per game. Number one. So I'm going to say that Kansas gets it done uh, both straight up and against the spread, obviously. I love that pick, but I'm going to have to agree with Joey on this one. I think uh, I think the Cougars, the fighting, fighting Dana Holgersons, <laughs> as they say, I think are going to get the win, but I think Kansas covers. Hawks times three. Let's go UTSA, the Meat Meeps, Roadrunners against the Texas Longhorns. Texas currently 12.5-point favorites in this game. I will just come out right up front and just say this is a dangerous game for Texas, considering they could be starting a third-string quarterback. I've got Texas winning this game but not covering. i got Texas winning 27-20 to 20 UTSA covers in this one. Joey? I'm going to be in my own little corner here, aren't I? I, and probably might get in trouble in so doing, but I, I, I penciled in Texas, and a lot of times on these, I like to go with my first instinct. So, yeah, I, I think the quarterback news is huge in this game, but um, I, I will stick with Texas covering for no reason other than I just picked them <laughs> to begin with. Fair enough. I can respect it. I agree with Brian. I'm going to go with the old meat meeps, and I think that uh, I think Texas is going to win, but I I do think UTSA covers. See, I'm in my corner. <laughs> hey. hey, it's a good place to be sometimes. What kind of animal are you, Joe? You got you to trust your gut. <laughs> Can't go against it. Number twelve, BYU at number twenty-five, Oregon. Oregon's a three and a half point favorite in this game. Not for me. 
I like BYU to cover in this one, and I believe they will win outright. Colton, who do you got? I think it's I think it's duck season, and I think <laughs> the Cougars are out for blood. I think they've got something to prove for the independence of the world. They've got to prove that that uh, Notre Dame's not the only good independent out there. Which I say good loosely this year, but they're they're wanting to take that number one independent stage this year. I got I got BYU uh, winning the game outright. I'm staying in the Big 12. BYU, future Big 12. Everyone Interesting. knows. But, yeah. Interesting note there. Uh, Big 12 after dark, hint, hint. Uh, BYU and Baylor last year, or last week rather, had the highest rated late night window that ESPN has seen since 2016. So wow. uh, Pac-12 kind of in trouble there, especially when it comes to the negotiating table with some uh, – with some talks about uh, potential updating their media rights, uh, BYU uh, over we have BYU over Oregon, all three of us there. So moving on, number twenty, Ole Miss, sixteen and a half point favorites at Georgia Tech. Uh, does the Ramblin' Wreck get it done, Colton? Oh man, I'm not sure. It's a good question. Very very good question. I don't remember. I know we talked about this earlier, but I'm, I'm and I'm trying to remember what I picked because I've gone back and forth on this so many different times. But I'm going to go with Georgia Tech cover or straight yep. up. <laughs> yep, all of the above. Georgia oh, Tech's going to win. Georgia taking, Tech's going to win the football game. He's taking Georgia Tech straight up. I like, I like it. The, it. the lane train comes to a stop. Joey, who do you got? <laughs> I need to run out to my car to get a coin because I need to flip it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with Georgia Tech on the line and uh, Ole Miss to win the football game. I agree. That's where I'm rolling as well. Penn State, number 22 in the country, a three-point favorite at Auburn in Jordan O'Hare. Colton, Penn State or Auburn on the uh, line there? I'm going to take. Um, I'm going to take Penn State. Minus three, I'd take them to cover, take them to win the game. I think they're the better team all the way around. Joey. Ditto, times two. Uh, make that times three. We got chalk across there, Penn State. They better bring the uh, whiteout uh, down to Auburn, uh, get everything going party-wise down there. Miami, number 12 team in the country against number 23, Texas A&M. Miami is a five-and-a-half-point dog in this one. Uh, possibly two teams heading in different directions. I am going to roll with the Hurricane here. I think they, uh, I think they cover, but I think AM wins a close game and a turnaround for them. I think Miami's going to win this game. Personally, <laughs> I mean, I can't, I can't disregard what I've seen the last two weeks from AM. I don't think they're a bad team, but. I think money has become a big issue down there, and I think that's become a big focal point. And I think Mario Cristobal is a very disciplined, uh, militaristic-style head coach. I think he has kind of – this might be a little premature, but turned the the U around and is starting to bring them back. Um, I I just – I like Miami in this game. I think Miami's going to win it outright. What is that deal they do like that – at the midnight yell and like all this and that. And- I don't know. That was the worst midnight yell video I've ever seen in my life, though. So 
I don't no, know. That was wanna... awkward, man. Everyone yeah, I, so that. I was like, yeah, all of you guys are right. <laughs> oh. uh, I, I so want to pick Miami to win this game because, I mean, if you look at Texas A&M's schedule moving forward, it has the potential to be like loss, loss, loss. They could stack up, but I'm going Miami to cover. I'm going A&M to win somehow a close game. As of right now, hey, if anyone checks my picks out on Friday, I might change that the, the pick. I feel good about Miami covering the line, though. Yeah, I had quick quick note on that game, or rather one of those teams. Did you guys see the uh, video circulating on Twitter of the Texas A&M player driving through the uh, – yeah, garage at about sixty. Garage. Yes. No, I missed that one. You need to go find it. They, like the money, what you said, kind of aligns with that perfectly. Money being an issue there, he's driving a sports car going about sixty through a parking garage, just completely reckless. Uh, I think wow. that I think that program might be in trouble if they were to lose this one. So uh, the final game we're going to pick here. Uh, not only do I want your straight up and your spread on this one, but I want a score prediction on this one. Oh man, uh, we've got Oklahoma ten and a half point favorite on the road in Lincoln at Nebraska. I will start. I have got the Sooners covering, winning the game outright, and my score prediction is thirty-eight to twenty. Oklahoma wins. All right, put me on the spot here. The- you know, I like Oklahoma to cover. I, I like I like them to win. I like them to cover. And I, I think the over-under on this is something like 66. So mm-hmm. a lot of people that know when I make my picks, I like to be semi-close to that line because Vegas is so good. So I'm, I'm going to go Oklahoma. Man, I, the way the defense is played, I, I – just don't feel good about them giving up that many points. I was going to say 41 to 24, which would be, what, 65 points. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to go – I think Oklahoma's going to hold them to less than 20. Now, I'm going to go, let's say, 35 to uh, – I'll go 35-17 Oklahoma. Good pick. I, uh, I like – OU's offensive chances against uh, this porous Nebraska defense. I think we're going to put up some good points. I think we're going to put them up fast. And I, depending on how we play our game, I think we're going to run the ball a lot, and I think it's going to be a relatively quick game. Um, so having said that, I think that OU, my pick is going to be OU 42, the Corn Shuskers 13. Woo! So that's going to be the under. It's under 66. That's at 55. Um, but I think obviously OU covers the spread at 10 and a half or 11, depending on where you're looking. And uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an offensive showcasing. I like that better than my pick, by the way. (laughs) Oklahoma's going to put up points this weekend and I just feel so good about what they're doing defensively. So good job there, Colton. I like that. I, uh, quick question, just kind of, what your guys' thoughts on this? This game opened up at fifteen points. How did it get down to ten and a half? What's the why? Why I don't got to be the speculation about the, the the I mean the coaching change and yeah. like we talked about earlier the or the uh, the dismissal of Scott Frost and the the jolt that Nebraska is going to get from that. The, the guys are going to be ready to to show up, and I think that's plummeted that line because of that. 
Yep. Isn't that when the line started moving was right after that announcement? Yes. Is that yes. when it started? Okay. So then, yeah, I mean, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. All right. It is time. Best part of the podcast. It is time for the lock of the week. Colton, do the honors. You're going to open us up here. What do you got? All right. We we knocked on this game earlier when we talked about uh, kind of the around the nation games, but I'm going to take number 22, Penn State, minus three at Auburn, 3.30 p.m., CBS, lock it, put it in the box. Penn State's going to win by three or more. Done deal. Joey. I was looking around here, and I was able to find a line on this Oklahoma State game, which I'm like, oh boy. Arkansas Pine Bluff and Oklahoma State, and I, I did some digging here, and Oklahoma State is favored by 57 and a half points, and I am going to fade them and take Pine Bluff to, to cover oh, the 57 and a half. <laughs> Dang. Well, we will see here what happens, but yeah, I'm going to take the plus 57 and a half. Let's go Pine Bluff. I like it. I like it. No trust in the mullet. I I saw this game. I saw this line earlier in the week and just kind of had me thinking. uh, The Iowa offense is currently averaging seven points a game. Seven points a game. They have yet – they have not scored 24 points in a game in 11 tries. Yet they are favored over Nevada by 23 points. Therefore, I am fading Iowa in this game. I will take Nevada plus the 23 points there, and that is my lock of the week. I feel really you, good about them not scoring 23 points. Do you I know like that. they have quarterback number 130 out of 130 in the country? That doesn't surprise so me at all. They all Name me any famous Iowa quarterback ever. Don't worry, <laughs> yeah. I will wait. You, you can look them up. Spencer, Spencer <laughs> Petrus is – Spencer Petrus is currently, here is his stat line for the year. He is 23 of 51. That is a 45% completion rate there for you. For 201 yards, an average of 3.9 yards per pass with two interceptions and no touchdowns. I don't understand how they can't recruit a better quarterback. It's a defensive school, man, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's man. I, they are not what, happy. What would with. you call Kansas? <laughs> I don't know. No. Kansas well, is hey, a basketball school. They're a basketball school, just like that even better. Clearly. <laughs> By the way, okay, the two a, basketball schools are recruiting better quarterbacks than Iowa. Clearly, are you kidding me? They have a really no. good defense. By the way, I mean they are they are playing great. Uh, great, yeah. Of, as I can get out defensive football there in Iowa City. So, I mean, if they had any semblance of an offense right now, you would think, oh, this is a pretty decent team. But, nope, they don't. Do they have, like, a backup safety that can play quarterback or something? <laughs> They're going to have to find out if Petrus continues on the hey, trip. Chiefs, oh, and I'm a Chiefs fan. Hey, our, our safety right now is our, our kickoff guy. So <laughs> <for the laughs> it could happen. It hey, could happen. Guys can move around and do some weird stuff. So That's what I'm yeah. saying. They're talented. Well, that will do it for us. This is the week three preview. We are happy that you guys decided to check us out. Uh, come back for our re- uh, recap on Sunday. It will be Colton and I there. We appreciate your time, and thank you for listening to the Hecklers and Hot Takes podcast.